And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Graham Dugas, and he is the founder of The Bonson Project. Graham, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Thank you for having me. The word Bonson is spelled B-A-H-N-S-E-N, so it sounds a little different than it's spelled. So um, with that in mind, Graham, maybe you can describe to our listeners what the Bonson Project is all about. Well, uh, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, there was a Presbyterian minister in the Orthodox Presbyterian Church by the name of Dr. Greg L. Bonson. And he uh, was very noted for his debates with atheists and uh, apologetics and his endeavors in the field of philosophy and ethics. And he was, um, you know, kind of a pointy-headed guy that was like a, an egghead. And he would, but he spoke so clearly that um, he could make the average person understand matters that most people would think were beyond them and, and yeah. that they weren't, uh, you know, it's like, you know, Christ had that uh, common person touch, you know, it said, you know, of Christ, you know, the common people heard him gladly. Mm. Um, and so it was kind of like that with Greg. He had a couple of, you know, intramural feuds with the the hierarchs that are in charge of seminaries or institutions of learning or, or stuff like that. Sure. Um, but he went straight to the people, and he was very effective. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, learned about Bonson quite a while ago now, and he was helpful to me. I read some of his writings, and uh, he was very thorough. That's how I would characterize him, very thorough, uncovering every rock every, you know, and presenting a, a thorough picture. And the fact that he was trained in philosophy— and then with all this theology on top of that, uh, he knew how, he kind of knew where a lot of the uh, secular arguments were when it came to presenting the faith and and giving a reason for the hope that is within us. The thing that was difficult was uh, he, he recorded uh, an astonishing amount of material. How many sermons and teachings total are in the complete library of, of Bonson? Well, uh, Greg, Greg um, had um, 1,675 lectures or sermons. We've got about 900 of them uploaded right now to Sermon Audio, and um, probably upload about 60, 70 a week. And um, some of them are, you know, showing their age that they were recorded in the era of audio cassette, but we are going to digitally remaster the whole collection, but uh, our first priority is to put it up there first, and uh, if you go to Sermon Audio, just type in Greg L. Bonson, B-A-H-N-S-E-N, and uh, it'll all pop up. Well, that's wonderful, and uh, his stuff was previously available through another source, and then uh, your group... uh, correct me if I'm wrong, bought the rights to it and are making these available, is it free of charge? 
Oh yeah, Sermon Audio, one-click sharing. That was the, uh, the the main, uh, yeah, the main vision. Um, and to be technical, um, it, we have an equal share in the rights. Okay. And um, so, so they can do with it as they wish if they want to publish or print or, um, you know, we're not. Uh, we're we are of the mind uh, that uh, freely we have received and freely we shall give. Oh, you bet. Um, now, what's exciting about this? People might say, okay, you mentioned a fellow's name, and he lived a while ago, and he recorded a lot, but why should I be excited about that? And to me, what's exciting about this is that this is a resource, a very rich resource, that if you partake of the teaching— it will help you advance in your Christian life and help you get settled and established uh, so that you have a very firm Christian education. And um, I'm just looking quick here at the Sermon Audio website, and you've got sermons by sermon series uh, listed, and it's, it's a huge listing. And some of these are things like college course on Christian ethics. Uh, that's got uh, currently 26 uh, lessons behind that. Uh, you've got uh, a whole course on covenant theology. You've got uh, a huge section on systematic theology. So this is, this is quite, quite literally like college course level stuff. So if you want to get a good, solid education, it's here and it's available at your fingertips. It's just wonderful. You know, I, I'd like to um, bring it a little bit back to the common man and say, you bet it's college level stuff. But Greg was such a clear teacher that you know, proverbial Joe Sixpack could understand it very. Or Joe Lund, yeah, let's just say that <laughs> um, he can understand it absolutely. Very easily, and and it's it, he had Greg was a a gifted teacher, and had the common touch, and there's um, uh, exhortation where it talks about line upon line, precept upon precept, right. um, and that uh, really describes Greg's teaching. Um, he he ne- like you talked about, he never left anything unturned, but once you've gotten the first thing under your you know under your understanding once you got past the first thing then you're on to the next and on to the next and on to the next and it's like you know and and pretty soon you've eaten a whole steak um (laughs) and well it's true and uh, so anyway bringing it back a little what i to talk to the common person this is this is a little bit of autobiography for me um we're all familiar with, or, or most Christians are familiar with, the parable of the sower. And I'm going to uh, read it for just a quick thing, because I want to bring it uh, to our mind. And uh, this is from Mark chapter 4, and I'm going to read the first nine verses. And he, Jesus, began to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship, and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said to them in his teaching, 
Behold, a sower went out to sow, and it came as he sowed. Some fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where there was not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And others found, fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. And he said unto them, He that has an ear to hear, let him hear. And my uh, Christian experience, I bowed the knee in 1986 and um, went to a generic evangelical church. Back in those days, there would be somebody like, just say, Chuck Smith or Chuck Swindoll, um, something like that. David Jeremiah, I think, some of those guys. Just generic evangelicalism in the 80s. And... Um, my experience was that you would go to church on Sunday and, well, first of all, I, I had a voracious Bible reading habit because I had a dramatic conversion, which was a personal thing, but it, it mm. didn't matter because uh, what happened was I would go to church and I would get all excited about the message and, you know, you're, you're, you're resolved the next week I'm going to live differently, I'm going to put this stuff into, into effect and I'm going to do this and that. And you make all these inner resolutions you know, when you're under the, the preaching of the Word of God, and you're um, you're you're actually um, showing that you're like that stony ground hearer, the one that hears the word with joy, and it springs up immediately. But because it had no root, uh, when the sun came up, it was it already faded away. And I remember how many times did I go to church and get all uh, excited, and then by two p.m. I couldn't even tell you, you know, <laughs> what the points of the sermon was or anything like that. And that's really um, a, a much more common experience than um, we care to admit. And so, um, through the mercy of God, I, I came across uh, Dr. Greg Bonson, and what he did for me was he gave me that depth of soil. He gave me mm -hmm. a um, some uh, like a grid work to understand things by. He gave me he gave me a frame of understanding where I could you know sort things. Like philosophy is a big fancy word, uh, and then the the big theologians will say, well, that's metaphysics and epistemology and <laughs> ethics. And, and uh, you know, so really, but Greg would boil it down and say, like, well, that's the nature of reality, and how do we know what we know, and how do we know these things, right. and, uh, and how do we live our lives? It's very simple. It doesn't have to be any more complicated, and yes, you can learn the lingo of the, you know, professors, but the average person really just wants to know, okay, what is the nature of reality, the nature of God, the nature of man, the nature of this created order? Right. Um, how do I know these things, you know, and, and, and how do I live my life? And so uh, he made it very simple, and um, that would be something that uh, I would say, for instance, we're, we're familiar with, uh, and again, I'm going to read, um, this is from Mark chapter uh 12, and um, 
basically the passage is um, some some guy came up to Christ and he asked him, you know, what is the first and great commandment? And Jesus answered him and said, the first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like unto it, namely this, you shall na- love your neighbor as yourself. But I'd like to get into that part where it says, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Mm-hmm. And that was what I was in the midst of. I was like, yes, I was always excited with all my heart and with all your soul, all your energy. But then all of a sudden, with all my mind, you know, I started to stumble at that area because I really wasn't retaining, you know, some of the things that were being said. I would just kind of, you know, hear it and I would get all excited, but it, it, nothing really stuck, didn't take root, um, to use that um, analogy from Christ's parable, and with all your strength. Um, and so Proverbs, in the fourth chapter and the seventh verse, it says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, mm. and with all your getting, get understanding. Mm. And understanding is 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 when is is when you when you listen to something, you can if you can articulate it in your mind to yourself, then you can articulate it to anybody. And so that's when you have understanding, and that's when you start to have depth of soil that mm. Christ was talking about. And so Greg did that for me. He, he, he gave me the ability to have depth of soil, and there's um, a particular series that uh, we are featuring. It's called Developing a Christian Worldview. Uh, and um, I guess you can put the link up um, on the on your site somewhere. Sure. But if you go to uh, Sermon Audio and type in Greg L. Bonson, B-A-H-N-S-E-N, and then um, look for Developing a Christian Worldview. It's a three-tape series, and um, the first two is a presentation, and the third is a Q&A session. And that will... Um, do for for others what it did for me. Hmm. Um, it's the power of the Word of God, putting line upon line, precept upon precept. Well, that's beautiful. Um, yeah. So I've kind of dominated the conversation. Here no, that's bit. good. I I I just wanted to listen. Um, you had um, a couple of clips that you wanted us to play for the listeners. Is now a good time? Uh, yes, actually, uh, let me give you a little intro to them. So it is from that series that I discussed, and basically talks about, uh, he, he's laying the foundation for um, the things I just spoke of, about getting an understanding and, and developing uh, your worldview. And, and um, he uses the example in there that uh, everyone is a philosopher. They may not have a good philosophy, but they have a philosophy, and um, and we all have our view of the world. We we may not be self-conscious of it. We may not think about it very much, but we all have our thoughts on origins. We all have our thoughts on the meaning of life. We all thought, have our thoughts on redemption, whether it's you know how to get right with God or how to how to 
you know, a lot of the heathen, the the, pay, the unbelievers, they're they're always reading these self help books, how to become, you know, like Tony Robbins or any of those guys, the gurus that the, you know, success gurus that are mm-hmm. out there. Um, but um, for the for the Christian, uh, well, and all that's you're, you're just in the world of unbelief, and you're never going to get out of it with all that stuff. So. Um, you know, that's really nothing for the Christian and nothing for a man, really. It just keeps you uh, in the treadmill of unbelief. <laughs> yeah. uh, you might, you might be, uh, move up the, move up a few ranks, but you're, you're never going to get off the treadmill. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, so Greg will, uh, take in these next two clips. Uh, he'll talk about, um, the nature of, um, developing a, cr- a Christian world life view, and he does it in about three minutes. It's, it's miraculous. It's just marvelous. It's a thing to behold. Very good. Well, here we go. A worldview is a network of presuppositions, not verified by the methods of natural science, but in terms of which every aspect of man's knowledge, and experience are interpreted and interrelated. The salient word here is presupposition. Everyone's got them. Everyone has some fundamental convictions about reality and knowledge and behavior. Everyone has fundamental assumptions, basic commitments as to what is real and how he knows it and what the moral thing to do in this world is. Everyone has presuppositions. And a worldview is a network of such presuppositions. The ordinary man, your garden variety, guy out on the sidewalk, regular citizen of this world, the ordinary man is a philosopher. He just may not be a very good one. Because everyone's a philosopher. The difference between what we consider the professional philosopher, those who go on to school and graduate studies and get PhDs in this kind of arcane area called philosophy, the difference between those people and the guy who lives next to you who's just grabbing for all the gusto he can get, the difference between the philosopher and the guy in the street is only a difference of degree. Everyone does philosophy. All men are philosophers. It's just that not all men aim to be good ones. Not all men aim to be self-conscious in the development of their total picture of life and reality. Okay, well, there you have it. Um, And Greg, like I said, he's very clear, and he speaks well, and he speaks for himself. And um, there's really not much to add to that, but that should give you a taste of of how clear his teaching is. You know, as I hear his voice, it brings back memories. Um, I think it was back in 1995, the very year that he passed, I think February of that year, that I was in another church, and we invited Greg Bonson to come out to uh, Kingston, New York, And he came out and presented a series of lectures on apologetics, and it was just a phenomenal series. And so uh, hearing his voice again just just reminds me of those days, and also the enjoyment. My wife and myself had the privilege of taking him out to lunch and talking with him, you know, one-on-one, so that was kind of neat also. But he was a wonderful brother and uh, very advanced, 
and yet very down to earth. You know, a common person like myself, uh, he would talk to, and you could feel very comfortable around him. Now, uh, we've got maybe five or six minutes left. Uh, In summary, Graham, share some more with us uh, as we close today. Well, um, one of Greg's most notable areas of expertise was apologetics, and that's uh, defending the faith to um, and defense and confirmation of the gospel, actually. It's uh, not just defending, but you're asserting things as well. Mm. And um, he had a lot, a lot of um, debates with uh, renowned atheists at the time, and one of them is the Bonson Stein debate. And uh, oh, yes. this gentleman named uh, Gordon Stein was the, you know, leading atheist of the day, and he was making all these boasts on campus at uh, USC, one of the the Southern California campuses in in university, and, you know, so he was just a professional unbeliever. And there was a gentleman in in one of his classes, a member of Greg's church, who was in a class by this boastful unbeliever by the Mm -hmm. name of Gordon Stein, and uh, his name was David Hagopian, and um, he said, well, you know, my pastor would be happy to debate you, and, and you know, Gordon Stein was just so proud and so um, <laughs> haughty, and and he he just thought, like, oh, well, here's this, you know, bumpkin that I'm going to be debating, and he was not prepared for what came in his direction. <laughs> Absolutely, it was glorious. It was it was uh, quite a deal. And uh, anybody that's heard it, it's 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 the stuff that legends are made of, honestly. <laughs> um, and that's also on the site. And everybody that knows Greg Bonson, that's like kind of one of the the uh, most memorable moments. That's like you know. Um, just the, the highlight reel of, yes. of Christian life in the, in the 80s. That was one of the, the absolute uh, most valuable plays. It was quite a, it was a, a grand slam. Well, it's really good that they had that on tape and you've been able to digitize that. That's good. Oh, yeah, marvelous. But uh, so let me, let me just get to a little bit uh, and appeal to the common Christian and the common man who may not have bowed the knee to Christ yet. Um, in the first chapter of Romans, uh, Greg taught uh, that he expounded upon the Apostle Paul's teaching that uh, we do know God in our hearts. And it's just the, by the very fact that we are creatures hmm. means that we are uh, constantly upheld and sustained by God at all times. And in that uh, upholding and sustaining we are in contact with him, and we do know him, um, but because of sin and the fall of man, we try and suppress that knowledge, and we try and tuck it away, and to uh, live as if there was no God, because we don't want anybody telling us how to live our lives, and certainly not God. You know, that was, hmm. we will not have this man to rule over us, um, as it was uh, written of Christ. And so um, Greg would use the illustration, and he would say, like, you know, uh, it's like suppressing a, a, a beach ball uh, under the water in the pool, and you're playing with your kids, and you're holding it down, and, 
and say, well, where's the ball? Where's the ball? Mm. And I don't see the ball, and nobody sees the ball. And at the same time, and by your very act of suppressing it, you are in contact with the very thing that you're suppressing. And that's the, the life of the unbeliever, um, who is at uh, hostility with God. Moving down the chapter, we um, come to the verse 28. And it says, as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fruitful, being filled with all unrighteousness. And then he lays out a laundry list of sins and things that the unbelievers do. And he says, without understanding, without natural affection, unable to be pleased, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but they approve when others do the same things. Mm. And, and that is how people live their lives. But it says there that even the unbeliever, even these people, they know the judgment of God. They know that, that when they do these things, they're worthy of death. And that's a spiritual death there as well. They're, they're being mm. cut off from the life of God, and they know that. And so the message to the unbeliever is to surrender, give up, stop your war against God, stop trying to suppress the ball under the water, surrender to Christ, and say, Lord Jesus, I have sinned against you greatly, I have shoved you out of my life, I have pushed you aside, and I have heard your voice many a time, even as you said to the Apostle Paul, it is hard for you to kick against the pricks and to just utterly mm. surrender before it's too late. And he will most he that cometh to him it will in no wise be cast out. Amen. But he will be uh so anyway. No, that's a good explanation. Today we've been honored to have as our guest Graham Dugas, and he is founder of the Bonson Project, and this um, entire episode is on our website, and that's where you can find a link to Sermon Audio, but if you don't have the link, you can just simply go to Sermon Audio, do a search for Greg L. Bonson, B-A-H-N-S-E-N. And Graham, I want to thank you very much for joining us today. It has been a pleasure. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. Thy cross is lifted o'er us We journey in its light We follow as you guide us Lead on, O God of mine